I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Ben contacted me last week and wanted to have a chat, which surprised me. He's a very clever young man as well. He's not a fool. But the way that it's been handled, the situation has yeah. been handled, is foolish. There's a lot of money in this fight and universally it's accepted that the main reason for this fight is money. Welcome to Talk Boxing with Simon Jordan and Spencer Oliver. Incredibly, unbelievably... <laughs> almost unsustainably, due to the producers, I might add, that we've got to episode 50. Hmm. Let's get on with the show. Spencer, Silent. nice to see you. You too, mate. Interesting week. Not huge fights going on, but interesting fights with Michael Conlon mm-hmm. suffering a surprise defeat. Yep. Um, in a, I, th- I thought it was a fascinating fight. Mm. Um, lots of noise in around the boxing world. Um, one of the noises that landed at my doorstep um, strangely, is Conor Ben. Obviously, there's a lot of noise going on about Conor Ben and the Chris Eubank Jr. fight. Yeah. And we heard Robert Smith last week talking about the scenario surrounding Conor Ben, that his application to fight or to have a fight sanction in this country had been refused. We've seen a, a, a very strong um, response from um, Eddie Hearn. Mm-hmm. But... Out of the clear blue sky, I think you know this anyway, but other people don't. Um, Conor Ben contacted me last week. Sure. Um, and he contacted me through Sam Jones um, and wanted to have a chat, which surprised me. Um, so I and Conor went and got together and had about an hour and a half. Um, it was an interesting chat, Spence. Mm-hmm. Um, some of it I'm not going to share because it's conversation that I said to Conor I wouldn't breach his confidence. In, 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 in me relaying it, and I think you'll find Understood. that Connor is going to be in the media sooner rather than later and tell people certain things mm-hmm. and talk about his situation. But it was an hour and a half with a, a, with a young man that went from being very emotional to being very angry. He's very cross with you, by the way. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, through to someone that was very placid and very thoughtful. Um, my overriding takeaway from the conversation with Connor was he's a very decent young man. He's a very no nice boy. No one's denied that. Very nice no boy. No one's denied that. He's a very clever young man as well. He's mm. not a fool. Um, but the way that it's been handled, the situation's yeah. been handled, is foolish. If I'm totally yeah, honest, I think, like, he, I I think, think that it's been a it's been a it's been a disaster, Simon. Really, from the beginning, and you know, to pick up on what you said there, you know, with 
you know, him being very angry with myself and whatever. We just yeah. go look at the facts and what the facts are. And I think that the way that they've dealt with it, I know that they, you know, Team Ben have said there's always been an agenda against him. You've never seen that with previous people that have failed tests or whatever. You go, there's only an agenda because the way that they've dealt with it and they've come back and so left, left us talking the way that we had to talk about it and say, listen, mate, you have failed two separate tests at two separate times. Until you prove your innocence, you are, you know, you, you, you remain guilty. And that's, that's the way that we've dealt with it. Yeah. You know? he, um, and, and he has a very, I mean, listen, I, mean, I came away from the conversation, you know, when I said to, to, to Sam and I, and I said to Connor, listen, I'm not going to say anything different to your face than I've said about you. Sure. Right? So you need to be clear, Connor. This is not a conversation between you and I where all of a sudden you're going to get some sort of validation or benediction from me. You're going to get the same sentiments that I've said about you. I'll say it to you. Mm -hmm. um, and the conversation started along the lines of, do you believe I'm a drugs cheat? Um, and, and I said, I'd like to think not. Connor was like, well, Christ, what chance have I got? I said, well, I, I, hold on, son. You know, mm. you and I have met a few times. You're not my son. I can't testify for what you do and don't do. What I can tell you is that I think you've handled the whole set of circumstances very poorly. Sure. I think you made a bit of a tit of yourself by going on Piers Morgan. Um, but Connor's got a lot to say. And there's a lot more behind some of the things that you and I think we understand mm -hmm. about procedure, about who did what, when, and I don't just mean the drugs tests, yeah. I mean the procedure being followed by others, yeah. the reasons why outcomes have come from tribunals or certainly um, in front of the Independent Drug Commission. And it's for, I'm going to let Connor say that because I've told yeah. him that I won't breach his trust. Sure. But there's a lot more than just a simple, straightforward line. The reasons why he's angry with you is because he thinks that you categorically called him a drugs cheat. Mm -hmm. his, his assertion about you is is that you said, just hold your hand up, son. Yeah. And I said, I'm not sure, Connor, that's yeah. right. The I've wording, the I've wording listened, was... I've listened to Spencer failed, repeatedly say yeah. he's got to clear his name. Absolutely. Listen, the, the, it remained. You failed two tests, and until you prove that you're innocent, or if you can't prove your innocence, then you're guilty. So where we're at now is we're a year down the line, and like you say, Simon, he's, he's had that meeting with you. He's got a lot to say, and there's a lot more behind the scenes. Until he presents that evidence... You remain guilty, and that's where we're at with it. And so, like, it's no good being angry with me or anyone else that's gone down that road and saying, you know, like, listen, do you believe I'm innocent? I say, well, tests say otherwise. And until you prove your innocence, you remain guilty. And that's what we're going to comment on. So it's no good him being angry with any, any of the media for their reaction to what is going on right now because... The evidence is the evidence. It remains exactly the same. And we've heard no different from Connor, apart from he's got a scientist to prove his innocence and the way it was sitting in his body, he's innocent, he's going to prove this innocence. And we haven't seen anything, which makes him look more guilty. And that's, as you well, can that's, understand, but that's, that's what I said at. to him. That's I where the public are at. And it's not a witch hunt towards Connor and it's not an agenda well, he against feels, him. He feels that there is, has been. And I said to him, look, Connor, with the greatest respect in the world, don't give me feelings, give me facts. Yeah. Point me to where anybody has said you're a drugs cheat. That, that in terms of people like myself, yeah. if you if you if you want to talk to me, then we're going to have a candid exchange of mm -hmm. conversation, Connor. I'm not here to be someone that's representing your point of view in the media. You do that yourself, yeah. son. But I'm here to listen to you because you've asked me to come and have a conversation with you. I met him at the Grosvenor House Hotel. We had a private conversation for an hour and a half. And I think you'll find that Connor mm. will come and talk to the media himself. I think mm -hmm. he looks at it now and looks at, I've spent a lot of money with lawyers. Yeah, sure. I 
have made decisions that I look back on with the benefit of hindsight and think I should have done that differently. I said to him, you're walking around the ringside, glowering and scowling at people. There you go. And he said, because I was angry and I was hurt and I didn't know what to do with it and I didn't know how to process it. But where's the people around him supporting well, him this in is, that in that this is my point. and directing him and helping him and showing him where he should be and where he's at? I mean, it, it has been an absolute disaster. And yeah, I do feel sorry for the kid because he's yeah. the one you know, innocent or guilty, he's the one that's been taking it all. He's making these decisions. They've all been terrible decisions. I don't know who's guiding him or who's advising him, should I say. But it's been an absolute but he'll correct, disaster. But he'll correct things, interestingly. You know, he talked about, you know, this thing about... I'm not becoming a mouthpiece with Conor, ben, Conor Ben now, by the way. Yeah. But when you've sat with someone for an hour and a half and you pick up different pieces of information, you've got to be a little bit ignorant if you don't start maybe deviating a little bit. The, the, the observation was that Conor tore up his boxing license, didn't he? Yes. That, that, that according to Connor, is yeah. completely untrue. He, he never did that at all. Sure. That's not what happened at all. What happened was his boxing license expired and due to some reason in terms of his own internal administration, they didn't renew the boxing license. So actually, technically, it'd, when it kept, anyway. it'd already run out anyway. Sure. So there's, there's nuance and people say it's got nothing to do with failed drugs but, tests. But, but here's, here's one, here's one for you, right? And this is what a lot of people that are listening are going to want to know as well like myself and where we're at now a year down the line is has connor got the evidence to prove that that ended up in his system a different way as opposed to taking it himself and if if he's according got that evidence him, according to him categorically and according if to he's him, got that evidence then just present it and we can all move on and if not and, and he'll tell people and i know this sounds like i'm going around the houses but i, I gave my word to connor that i will allow him to tell his own story Absolutely. and not breach the confidence of a private meeting. I spoke to him last night, I said, you were going to, going to speak about this, and I told him what I'm going to speak about. Mm. He, without t touching upon too much, he and his advisor, Rene, are categoric. They've got an ability to be game-changing in the information that they have about the ingestion of this particular substance, mm -hmm. how it manifests itself, and also why it hasn't found its way into the public domain, why it didn't find its way into the appeal process, mm -hmm. why the British Boxing Border Control haven't seen it. There's a lot more than what the straight line, and also this mythical 270-page report, yeah. which was never apparently a 270-page report. Who said it was, it was a, a 40-page uh, where, report? Where did that and come the, from? Again, where, where did that come from again, originally? I asked him all these questions. Yeah. Um, but what I, took, what I came away from Connor was, again, people will say, you know, you're, you're getting old, Jordan, and you're getting a bit flaky. This is a very nice kid, mm. and if you listen to him, it's difficult to understand that he would put himself in the way of these circumstances. It's, you know, maybe I'm a bad judge of character. Maybe I'm getting older mm. and a little bit softer. I don't think I am. Yeah. But I sat there thinking, why didn't? Um, and I said it to him. Where's the support why of his trainer medicine? and his manager? Like, where's, like with Tony Sims would, would fit into this. Um, Eddie Hearn's going to fit into this. You know, Frank Smith. Well, I've asked where him is all the that. Yeah. Where is that support? No one. And why, why has Connor been able to? drive the ship, if you like, and, it, and it's been an absolute disaster. Well, he hasn't. He's had very strong legal advice and paid a lot of money for it. And the, and the legal right. advice... Why has is done, it so bad? Well, the legal That's... advice has done its job. Right. But the Court of Public Opinion is where he's lost his position. And the meeting that he had with me last week, no one knew about it. Eddie didn't know about it. Tony yeah. Sims didn't know about it. The only person that knew about it was myself. Right. Um, and Connor and Sam Jones. And, and the reality of it is, is the conversation has been had. Um, Connor understands better that it's not a witch hunt for him in the media. He still has his issues about the manner in which he's allowed himself 
to be, yeah. to be represented. What you're saying is correct. Where are those around him? Yeah. But, but in real terms, those around him, like his legal team, like Morgan, have done their job. But what's not done their job properly is the court of public opinion right. because it, it looks like it looks like two mm -hmm. failed drugs tests, not an accountability for it, a snarling, yeah. scowling fighter, a ridiculous interview on Piers Morgan mm. and so, potentially a technicality. So, but yeah. it'll be interesting to see when he does come on. Mm. And I think it will be on this platform. Yeah. You'll hear it from himself. So can you understand, like, can you understand where we come from? As in the, uh, as course, in the media to speak it. about what's... No, that's what I'm saying. So like, as in... What does Connor expect us to say when we can only go by what we're given, the evidence that we're given, and that's why that's why when he's angry, getting so angry lot, about it, I think it, he's a lot wiser. Although you've got to, yeah, you've got to understand, Connor, that of, of course we're going to talk the way we're talking because we're, we're talking about the evidence that's been presented to us. I think he's a and lot. That's where we're at. I think he's a lot wiser now about mm. where his best advice should be taken, sure, and who is looking after him and who isn't, and who is benefiting from the association and who isn't. He needs and a good check. And it'll be interesting to see. You know, I came away from it with a slightly different view. I still think there's questions to be asked and answered. He did answer them, but he's going to answer them himself when he comes in the public domain. Um, he's ready for this fight. He wants this fight. He believes this fight's coming on. Um, and there's a lot of money in this fight. And universally, it's accepted that the main reason for this fight is money. Yeah, of course. You know, and I think the money that they're, that they're talking about is pretty substantial. Yeah. He believes that they're going to they're going to get this fight on it's february the third it's february the third uh, like realistic we, we i mean we're approaching christmas now february the third's not a lot, lot of time well i think again to... connor's going to put himself in the hands of others to be able to facilitate that solution i mean we're mm. hearing stuff i spoke to eddie um last week about a couple of things apparently he wants me to play some charity dance match I can know where I can land the first dart, right? <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm playing one of those. Days. Oh, yeah? you, can't, you can't even see the ball. Who, who can't? You. Listen, I'll stay You're going to be on a step ladder <laughs> so you can see it from the hockey. Right? <laughs> but he's, I think the real issue in this fight is the Eubank side of things, whether they're going to be able to get Eubank in the ring. He's oh. the one that's not signed the contracts at, at, at the mm, moment, yeah. I think so, yeah. yeah. And I think there's a whole, you know, obviously you've got the British Boxing Board of Control that are preparing to double down. And I think Connor thinks right, so people like me have egged on the British Boxing Board uh, Control. So, but yeah, so we, so we have to, so a lot of people are gonna ask the question, if this fight goes ahead February the 3rd and we get it at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, which they're talking about, the British Boxing Board of Control have now refused- um, The first application. The, yeah, refused Connor it, um, Robert permission. Told, Robert Smith told us last week. So where does it, where does it, where does it land? Where does it lie like, well, Robert under, Smith, under what, under what? Uh, sanctioning body does it go under? Well, well you've, you're hearing rumours about PBA, aren't you? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I don't know what you but I that. mean that then I suppose this this then I asked the question. So what happens if the fight goes ahead under PBA mm -hmm. and everyone that's involved in that that's got a British Boxing Board of Control license? What happens to them with the British Boxing Board? Is that another is that another matter? But this to... is the question that the British Boxing Board of Control can only answer. Right. If the appeal that's being heard apparently in January, mm -hmm. if the outcome comes out relatively quickly then Eddie Hearn and his guys will have made the built the fight, be ready to go on the 3rd of, of, of February. If it doesn't, then people will be taking a risk-reward analysis. That's what I'm saying. What's the consequences with the British Boxing Board Well, they'll control? be taking... It depends how ballsy the British Boxing Board of Control want to get. Sure. If they want to go after the sparring partners, if they want to go after trainers, if they want to go after promoters. We'll see. The, the guys that are trying to make this fight believe that they won't have the jurisdiction. Jurisdiction being a word that's being bandied around quite a lot. Yeah, sure. But, but we'll see. We'll see. Okay. Um, it'll be interesting to me if they don't fight where they go, I had the pleasure, and I'm, I must be not be too facetious, I had the pleasure 
of doing a podcast with Chris Eubank Sr. last week, which was hard yards. But one of the things he did say was an absolute on-camera appeal to Conor Ben, to Eddie Hearn, to Barry Hearn, to anyone would listen, not to put his son into this fight. Wow. I mean, proper, we moved past the Queen Elizabeth stuff, what's, what's we moved past reason, what everything else, and we moved into... behind him not wanting his son in the fight? Because his son now, now should not, not fight at 160. At 160 now? No. Nope. Because it was 157 before. 168. One... My son fights at 168. Right, okay. Well, you okay. know who he wants in against, Connor, don't you? Yeah, I do. Harlem. Harlem. Yeah, yeah. Harlem Eubank, yeah. Mm. yeah. But it was a very... So, he believes... Well, you know Chris is looking after Harlem well, Chris, now. Chris, Chris believes, alongside the accusation I made, that was made of him last time he came and spoke with me, which was that I took, we took advantage of him. Sure. That he doesn't believe that's to be the case. He also believes that, um, that the, the, his divine intervention, he somehow intervened. Mm. with the first fight right and that he was so much against it that his divine intervention mm. stopped mm. the first fight and that obviously well, listen he did have major concerns and I think when we and look, it's his son when we, look, yeah. when, when we look back at it in hindsight Simon we look back at him and we go 157 we saw what he's like at 160 yeah. and how he struggles at 160 you go 157 might not Liam, sound a lot to, to the public he did struggle against Liam in the second but, fight didn't yeah he? no but what I'm saying is that how much he struggles at 160 so to lose an extra three pounds he's not fighting is, one, no no but I'm there. saying when we look back on it and saying that fight was yeah, being made then but we that always was crazy that, that we was crazy 160 I think is fine that's not where with, and I'm not sure how much jurisdiction Chris Eubank Senior has. Right. If they don't fight one another, where do you want to see them going? I, I've said to Connor, I don't want you fighting this fight. I want you yeah. fighting at 147. Yeah. I want you fighting and going and getting a shot at a world title. Absolutely. At that weight L class. Listen, that's 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 where Connor's future lies at 147. He's, we saw him at 1160. He says I know he I'm does. walking around at 175 now. Look at me. Yeah, yeah, so am I. But I could get yeah. down a lot lighter. What I'm saying, do you know what, what I'm saying is that's not the ideal weight for him. All right, all right, 180. You're on egg on the well, 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 <laughs> I don't know what I'm saying. So look, no, realistically, Con Connor's a 147 fighter. 154 we saw last time out. The punches didn't have the same effects, and and, and I think that that's the category where he should be at welterweight is where he should be you know i know it's a tough division i know you've got some great fighters there you know um but that's where the, that's where it, that's where it, that's where he should be focusing on looking for world title shots at that, at that, that sort of level that's just, where he should be just the final thing on connor ben what i came away from that conversation was wanting connor to speak wanting connor for people to hear him and wanting even more so than I've always wanted for him yeah. to prove his innocence if he can. Yeah. Or take his medicine, one of the two. Yeah. Because you cannot walk away from a conversation with that kid. Put, a, put aside the scowling and stuff. Yeah. Like, put aside all that He's actually a good kid. Absolutely. And this, yeah. this, I, I, as I Listen, said, we've him, done, I've done podcasts with him. You know, we've, we, you know, we've been out yeah, with him. Out of his way he is, he's, yeah, he's a no, but he, what I'm saying is he's a nice kid, but what's happened has been an absolute disaster. Mm. I understand that. And yeah, we'd love him. He should have been looked day. after better. And, he should, and that is what it is, Simon. It's not the fact that. He's just not been looked after right. He's not been guided right. And this has created this, this terrible situation. We will see. We will see. And if he's guilty and if he can't prove his innocence, he's going to have to take his medicine. Yeah. Like we've always said. There you go. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Amanda Serrano. Yes. Vacating her belt. Yeah, she's, um, she wants the three-minute rounds. She wants to move up. She wants women's boxing. The WBC, she wanted to sanction women's boxing for 12 three-minute rounds as opposed to the 10-2. Well, they're 10-2. too busy sanctioning Francis Ngannou fights, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, exactly, as opposed to sanctioning the 10-2. It seems crazy, actually, that they sanction a Francis Ngannou fight, but they wouldn't change women's boxing from What do you think to that? We've had this debate before. We're going, to see, we're going to see something that certain people are resistant to. Women's yeah. boxing is here now. It's on the map, right? We're seeing the, the level of competency and skill reaching mm-hmm. really significant levels. Yeah. And we know that when it goes from two to three minutes, we're going to see more knockouts. Absolutely. And there's a perspective in certain people's minds that that's not a particularly edifying look. Well, do you know, do you know what the concern for me is? I think they've done the two-minute rounds initially because I think the density of the skull etc is yep. not the same as it is on a male and, and then the argument is that they haven't got the power that the men have got but they've got a volume of punches and it's not about the power actually it's, it's like it's so when women are draining down in weight or when men are draining down in weight they lose that fluid in and around the brain and whatnot so it's not about the power of the punch it's about the volume of the punches and it only takes you thousands of blood vessels in and around the brain when you get dehydrated those blood vessels lose that elasticity and they get they become like bits of straw mm-hmm. it takes one shot and one of the you know one of the vessels can snap and that causes the bleed on the brain etc and i think that the i think the concern for the women is because Dr. Oliver over there. yeah well this i know because i had half my head removed so i sort of know a little bit about it yeah that was the best part they took out right <laughs> i left the spanner in <laughs> i left the spanner in there <laughs> <laughs> so yes, so I'm. Sort of I was like, going to be smart, but that will do. A spanner in there's fine. Yeah. <laughs> Just leave it. Um, yeah. So, so look, do you think? So, do you think so, it's a good thing for women's boxing? So I'm do you, not do you sure back her decision, no. and do you think it's inevitable? No. So what I'm saying is, if it's not broke, don't fix it. I think what we're getting with women's boxing right now are great fights, great competition. Why are we always but trying she to change? It is. change? She's a competitor. Yeah, she is. But I'm going to give you another one as well. So. We've got Natasha Jonas versus uh, Michaela Meyer yeah. on the 20th of January. Who, by the way, got robbed against Alicia Bumgarden. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Okay. So Michaela Meyer has now thrown out there. I've asked Ben Shalom and I wanted to do it. We want to do it over 10 three-minute rounds. Natasha Jonas said no one's ever told me about that. Ben obviously kept that quiet because he didn't want it over the three-minute rounds. But Michaela's pushing for three-minute rounds as well. And I just think it may be... Will it help the like, scoring? Well, it changes it changes things hugely going from twos to threes. Trust me on that. Like the you know the last minute of a round. Like if you look through the history of boxing, um, let's use Cole Frotch versus Jermaine Taylor as an example. Like had that had that last Michael Conlon against Lee Wood. Michael Conlon against Lee Wood. Had that last minute not been in, in those rounds, mm-hmm. it would have been a different result. I mean, it's hugely. Yeah, I, I think it will change it hugely. Um, the, the the worry for me is 
that, you know, scientists have said, you know, with the bone someone density gets, and everything else, that someone gets hurt. And I don't want to see that, Simon. I think what we've got right now works. I think women's boxing right now is exciting, there's drama and everything else. People always want more. So why is Serrano doing this? I really don't know. I couldn't, I couldn't give you that answer, if I'm totally honest. I, I, like, you know... I couldn't, because Serrano is a pressure fighter and she probably feels that as the rounds are going, the bell rings and that's a, so yeah. a better opportunity for her with that last minute on because she's got an incredible engine and, she, and she, that's the way that she fights. You know, for anyone that boxes on the back foot and likes to nick, nick the round, they can nick the rounds over two minute rounds, but over the three minute rounds, that's when it starts catching up with you. And that's the only, that's the only logical reason I can think Serrano wants it is because she feels that I would, like, her and Katie Taylor at Madison Square Garden, mm. that, that tenth and final round, had there been another minute in there, Katie was gone. Mm. Her legs were gone, she was hanging in there, and she was just she was she was biting down on her gum shield, yeah. like she was totally gone. That last minute could have been the difference between winning and losing for Serrano, and that's probably yeah. why she wants the threes mm. as opposed to the twos. So Well we'll see. I mean, where where are you sat with me? Would you prefer twos or threes? I mean Um I have mixed emotions. I felt that when I was watching Savannah Marshall fight Clarissa Shields, I felt the rounds zip by too quickly. Mm. And I felt for, stylistically for Savannah Marshall, the rounds, a three-minute round would have been a better round well, for Well, she her. said that, and Mick Hennessy mm. also said that to mm. me as well. He said, listen, that's why we need... The girls, they all want to change it, by the way. It's not just those. Well, I think the, a lot of the women want to change it. we have to get it. the balance right, don't we, between what the, yeah. what the actual people that really matter think, which yeah. is the fighters. If the money follows that as well, yeah. and if the scale of the boxing world uh, embraces the opportunity for women's boxing and it because it puts it on a pedestal because what you get is I suspect women looking at it and going well men's boxing gets this and the men's boxing will always have this argument that we fight three minute rounds yeah why do we why can't we remove this argument from the conversation I, I'm, I'm ambivalent towards it I think it will change in, in the future I do believe it will change and I think they will end up going to three minute rounds because I think the pressure from the women, the competitors well, we'll themselves. See. We'll see. I think that's where it's going to end everything up. Has a, everything has a risk reward and an opportunity. Now, talking about opportunities and potentially an opportunity missed, Michael Conlon on the weekend. Mm -hmm. I mean, obviously, um, the expectation was Michael was going to win this fight. Yeah. Um, and that Jordan Gill had seen better days. Yeah. But what we had on our hands was a very different fight, wasn't well, it? Well, listen, I think what we had on our hands was a very different fight because it was that Michael Conlin had seen yep. better days. And I'll tell you where the fight left Michael Conlin, and that was when he got knocked out in the 12th and final round against Lee Wood, yep. where he put in, this is bizarre, because he put in a career best performance that night and ended up getting knocked out in that 12th round, in that last minute mm -hmm. of that 12th round. He's not been the same fighter since. He come back, he had a couple of wins, low-key wins. Then he went back in, he lost to Lopez, he Alberto did. Lopez, yeah. um, in, in, in another fight where he was maybe expected to win and he, and he got stopped, I think it was the seventh round. Was it the seventh round? And, uh, oh, no, the fifth round. I can't remember what it was. Seventh, fifth round or whatever it was. Then he goes in and he goes in against Gill, who's had his problems outside the ring as well, by the way. You know, he's had his mm -hmm. own personal problems and I think that that's why a lot of people were doubtful Gill could pull this off. But, there was a solid look about Gil when he went in there, you know. I mean, Conlon dug in. and, were, and But the fight had left him, Simon. But there was still, but if you listen to certain, if you yeah. listen to the judges, I think he, I think Conlon was at certain points in the fight ahead on the scorecards. Yeah, I, I don't know what judges they were. They mm. should be... Yeah, do, they, you, they, do, they, you, do you look at it and say... I mean, he, I had him I right, mean, well behind. Michael Conlon's fortunes, to some extent, have turned on one yeah. punch, haven't they? Do you know what it was? I looked at it, right? So Gil had... Gill had the game plan. He went in there with a the game plan. Conlin was carrying his box out of the south. Go stars. back to the question I'm asking. Yeah, go on. Right. Michael Conlin's trajectory yeah. at this level 
has pretty much changed on one punch, which Absolutely. is Lee Wood. Absolutely. Knocking him out. Yeah. Is that what happens? I mean, Audley Harrison had a similar experience. I'm glad you mentioned Audley because I was going to use him as an example. But no, it's not what happens. Like, if you go, you look at people like Deontay Wilder, like some people recover from it. I mm. think it's just the psychological damage that gets done to fighters. Different fighters George deal with Groves it in different ways. George recovered from it, didn't they? George Groves mm. recovered from it, you know. And, and, you know, I just think it is certain fighters never get over. Certain yeah. fighters are never the same again. They get knocked out and they're never the same again. Michael Conlin's one of those where I think you sort of punch resistance go. I think the power sort of seems to have left him. You know, well, he's gone up. He looks. He's, got, he looks he's gone up super featherweight. Yeah, he? but he looks a shadow of him former self, mm -hmm. Simon. He really did. I mean, he's gone up another level. But really, Jordan Gill was a level Took, that he was expected to and be, he looked, and, and, and he looked good, and at looked good in doing yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. And for me, I mean, from the opening bell, he got floored with that left hook in the second round. And I, I just thought, I thought he was losing all the rounds. I thought he was mm. getting well beat. I mean, I was amazed. Was it? Barry Jones had him up at one the point. The one thing you can't do is you can't, you can't question his bollocks, can you? Because he bit down in the gum shield. That's, that, that's, the, that's one huge thing he was thing taking he some got. shots, wasn't it? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Like, yeah, like incredible. Yeah. Like, yeah, I mean, you can, you, that's one thing you can't question. And do you know what worries me? If you ask me now, where does he go for me now, Michael Conley? And I'll say, I will need to see him retire. I yeah. want to see him retire. Do you know why? Because what you just said there, he's got bollocks and he'll keep going. Yeah. He'll keep doing, and kids like that concern me because mm. you just think, look, mate, you, he was an unbelievable amateur. You know, he had a huge support as, as, as a professional. Hopefully, financially, he's, he's got himself a little bit yeah, secure. Go into training, managing, do whatever you want to do. But I think that he's not the fighter he once was. But here... He'll keep going like he was that fighter, and that concerns me because he's at that level where he's only going to be in those fights where you see him. And I it's go, a bit like the Dave Allen thing, isn't it? Yeah, it is really. Mm. I, I mean, yeah. I just want him. I mean, but this is a level above that, really. Yeah. And I just want to see him. Um, I'd like to see him say, you know what? That, that that's it. That'll for do, me. yeah. Yeah, and I, and hopefully, I hope he does. hopefully he's in a position. Hopefully he's a nice kid as well. Hopefully he's economically in a position to do so. Yeah. Before we go, obviously we've got a. A big fight this weekend coming up in Bournemouth. Sunday night. Yes. Chris Billum-Smith. Yeah. Earlier today, I had a conversation with Jaya Patea, who's a formidable little sod, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, he's he not is. back on about coming he's, forward. He's the monster of the well, division as well, is, by yeah. the way. Um, yeah. What, do you think it's a good decision to put it on a Sunday night? I think that I think it is because, what is it? Bournemouth are playing away to Man mm. United. That's right, isn't it? On, and so on the Saturday... And for Chris Billum-Smith, he's got a huge fan base there. They're all football-based, yeah. and he wants his fans back there. So I think it's a great idea because, I mean, the uh, yeah, the big arena is sold out. What are you expecting so I think he's him? done it for his fans, really, more than anything else. What are else? you expecting from him? Because Lawrence Acoli kind of played into his hands a little bit, didn't yeah. he? I mean, when you, you, you can't let Lawrence get set in a fight. And he was looking like he got set, yeah. and all of a sudden, bam, bam. he gets caught. Yeah, he's, right? he's, he's, and then from that point on, Lawrence was yeah. all over the place, wasn't he? And he was, well, well Mastodak's one of those guys, he go. You look at the fight he had with Tony Bennu back in 2015. Yeah. He lost that really in the last round, mm. really. I mean, it was close. It went down mm. to the wire to tell you where he sort of sat. Then he lost to... Uh, the I'm Dorch a celebrity, Tony Bennu. Uh, yeah. He might just win this. I'm a celebrity. <laughs> he might, might well oh, do, actually. He's doing really well. I know that. he will. Have and you seen he lost, what's in there? <laughs> he lost to Dortikus, who's a great fighter mm. as well in 2018. Lost that on points. Masanak's one of those guys. I think he's been a pro like 17 years or something. Only lost to the very best, but he's a tough guy, and this is his first and probably his last opportunity at a world title. What do you expect from Chris? What do you expect from Chris? I'm expecting a war. I said to Chris. Actually, I spoke to Chris. We, we like yeah. we, we had him on the show last week, but I just said to him, potential banana skin this because this kid will 
he, he will bring it. Yeah. And Chris can't help but do that. Chris is one of those fighters that he doesn't know how to move back. He comes forward hands high and he will get into a war. But, you know, he knows how to get down in the trenches. He knows how to come through that. I'm expecting that on, on Sunday, but what do you, by do the you way. Expect, do you expect Billy Smith to win? Of course, yeah. yeah. I expect Billy Smith to win. Of course I do, by yeah. What? I think he wins and I think he, I think he probably stops Mastanak late. Right. I see around 9, 10, somewhere around there because I think that Mastanak will give it a huge go. And I think that Chris will have to answer some questions about himself mm -hmm. as well. He's going to have to dig yeah. deep. Well, he's got, he's got, I expect him to win, but with what he's got on the horizon, you know, it's a huge risk mm -hmm. this as a voluntary. Yeah. 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 I mean, listen, but he's a world title holder. This is what comes with the territory. Yeah. Yeah. You know, he gets it in front of his home fans. Yeah. He can start making some money and ultimately yeah. setting himself up. So, good luck, Chris. Yeah. Right, Spence. That's it for this week's episode of Talk <sighs> Boxing. We're not doing the like and subscribe bit anymore because we've got so many subscribers who don't need any more. <laughs> we'll see you next time we're out. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.